Hi, this is Sarah Fox. And this is Maggie Kramer. And you are listening to Binging Christmas, the podcast where we watch all of the It's a Wonderful Lifetime Christmas movies and talk about them so you don't have to experience all of them. Or this one. Don't. This one in particular, we suggest that you don't experience. <laughs> yeah, we would we would suggest that really out of the last handful, if you were to avoid one, it would be this. Uh, this one. So in the last episode at the end of it, we pointed out the fact that despite the fact that this movie was premiering the night we were recording, it was still listed on IMDb as in development. So that set us up for some concern and that concern was validated um i don't know who stars in this movie because the imdb page still lists it as in development with no actors writers or directors that's not um and also yeah it doesn't this movie did get a poster somehow aired without existing Yes, this one, it feels as if Lifetime, either there was a significant miscommunication between the network and whoever does all of their everything description wise, or it's a different movie that got, uh, okay, well, let me just read the description and then we can actually dive in. So we're going to be discussing a separate (laughs) plot because the description reads as such. An out-of-work artist discovers a special Christmas temp agency that matches her with a handful of festive jobs, but it falls into a creative rut while juggling holiday preparations and feelings for the agency's HR manager. None of that. Yeah, none none of of that. that. No, none of that is real. Um, I guess we should just break it down lie by lie at this point. So um, she is an out-of-work artist. That part is established. Yes, um, and she, she does feels not discover a Christmas temp agency. No, nope, um, that doesn't exist. Her, her sister is a an agent, like a talent agent for artists, and none of her artists are in town because they're already off for the holidays. So she recommends her sister for something. Yes, and it she does not do a variety of festive jobs. She does one job, which is is two separate things simultaneously. We're first led to believe that she will be designing the lobby of a new boutique hotel, and then it transitions from designing to essentially creating an art installation within the lobby of the hotel, and there is nowhere to be seen an HR manager. We never. No, and it's not. Her love interest has nothing to do with the sister's agency. He, the love interest, is the manager of, of the, the hotel. hotel. Correct, and there's it just she definitely is out of work, but she is working. In that, we find out in the first forty-five seconds of the film, she believes she's creating what she refers to as her magnum opus. Oh my god! And at that, that moment, I wanted to turn it off. I just yeah. it doesn't and it's called strong. still life not mm. still life still comma life also who I names mean, uh, the piece before they create it morons That's, yeah like you don't ugh, whatever so she reluctantly agrees to an interview with the manager of this hotel and 
they get into kind of an initial awkward exchange about the kind of management square pegs in square holes, as she refers to him, like management types and the, uh, what is, he's like flighty, Heidi flighty. Oh yeah. Well, first he mistakes her for the person that's reupholstering the chairs. Because she brings fabric swatches with her. Yeah. For no reason. Um, and then they basically spend like a solid five minutes, like sort of accidentally insulting each other. It's just like, oh my God, look how different we are. Ah. So one of the things that struck me about this movie is there are literally five characters in the entirety of an hour and a half long film. And 90% of the time, only two of those characters are on screen. No more than two characters are ever on screen with each other until like an hour and 25 minutes into the movie. And it's an hour and 28 long minute long movie. Um, And he says that he's not. This is where like the most kind of obscene line of a Lifetime movie has ever been uttered where in response to her square peg in a square hole comment, he goes, some of my edges have been rounded down. My my peg can fit into a lot of holes. I just like, what? ew. I don't, this whole movie just doesn't make sense. Like when the sister first, first of all, her like studio slash apartment is like obnoxiously large. Yeah, it's like a full-blown Yeah, we're supposed to believe that it's in Manhattan. Yes. With, like, on the ground floor with its own entrance. But she, you know, doesn't, like, have money or work or whatever. Yes, which is why her sister's helping her. Yeah, the sister presents this job to her. And she's like, well, I don't want to be, like, decorating, like, random crap with, like, the usual Santa and reindeer. And then you look around and there's literally a reindeer in her studio. Yeah, I clocked that, too, because she, the first, like, you know, kind of joke, not, it's not even a joke, like, her first stab at this decorating is to use the kind of, like, cliche Christmas items, including the silly reindeer. It's, I just, this one was, wow, I not many of I these mean, have left this me way. speechless. This movie was so bad that not even Lifetime knows what it's about. Yes. there. Lifetime is hitting its real, like, this now, this whole process of It's a Wonderful Lifetime, where this is movie number 27, it's starting to feel so anemic that I don't think anyone is, like, there's no one at the wheel anymore. This one, We're just fully off the rails. Yeah, so I think, like, in my notes, probably in about, like, a solid 15 minutes into this, um, like, we established that, like, the hotel manager, like, doesn't get art and is, like, up for a big promotion if this opening goes well and that, like, some eccentric billionaire owns the hotels. Um, and then I go, I think the description of this movie is totally off because I keep waiting for her to, like, go into the agency and meet with someone in HR. Right. And that, and that never happens. Never. There's also a weird, like, for the first half of the movie, I guess it's a weird character trait of hers that she's, like, incredibly jumpy. 
oh yeah and then that completely goes away like the sister scares her and then the hotel guy scares her and then that's not a thing anymore yeah there's no consistent character trait the only person who remains consistent throughout the entire film is the sister and that's just because the only note in the character is i'm going to open my eyes as wide as i humanly possibly can and hope that that conveys that i'm intense I, yeah, like, and even just her. the stuff that's supposed to be charming, like, doesn't land. No, I I said this when we were getting ready to record. At about 30, 45 minutes, between 30 and 45 minutes into this film, I paused it and rewound it, thinking that when I'd gotten up to get a LaCroix, that I had missed a pivotal scene that would add some context to this entire story when in fact I had not I had just missed like more one on one character on one character scenes of exposition and mild interaction I had not missed anything it's it's so this is the flimsiest one I think we've seen it doesn't even really try to be that emotional everyone's no there's not yeah, this one is shaky at best. It's shaky at best, and also, it's... I don't even really understand what this one is trying to be. Like, at one point, we get another, like, sad poverty story, and we have no real appreciation or affection for these characters at all, that it kind of just feels icky. Like... I thought this movie was punking us. At, like I, I texted you and was like, please let this be our podcast's Jacob's Ladder situ- scenario where the last three minutes is that this has all been a dream. But it wasn't. It, it was real. And we're not dreaming either. I, I just it feels like there are huge chunks missing out of this movie. Yeah, it's just, like, I mean, even, like, the building that they're claiming as, like, a boutique hotel looks <laughs> nothing like a hotel. It just looks like a brownstone that they put awnings on. Like, they talk about the fifth floor. I think it had three in every establishing shot. Yeah. Like, it almost it's, looks like like a rectory that's attached to one of, like, the old churches in Manhattan. <laughs> like, it doesn't even... It does look like a rectory. You're right. It's weird. And like, it's just so like she brings in like the first design she wants to do is about like dead trees. (laughs) And and there's this weird thing where like he pretends that like the like miniature mock up she brings in is real. And he's (laughs) like, oh, my God, this isn't big enough. And, like, she doesn't get the joke, and the audience doesn't get the joke. Well, and that set me up. That So when she was describing, like, the dead trees, I thought she was joking. I thought she was, like, giving it back to him. And, like, two minutes into this whole spiel about the Charlie Brown trees and about light being from the inside, so she's going to light up dead Christmas trees. I thought she was going to be like, oh, I'm 100% kidding. But she didn't. Like, there's no, no sequential or like congruous action in this movie at all. Like, I, there, the emotional and reactions are always like three times as big. Even or just two, the three art critiques are so, 
like outrageously obtuse. And I think they thought that that was like deep, but it just sounds ignorant. It's- like it's like your deck. The job is to decorate the lobby of a hotel for Christmas, and they're making it about like comprehending the juxtaposition of light and darkness. I also just want to point out that, like, even the boutique hotels that I go to are, like, their lobbies, at the very least, you know, are pretty spacious. This was, like, the foyer of a mid-sized suburban home. Yeah, because it's, I feel like they, like, literally found an abandoned building to film this in. I would not be surprised if some PA was sent on, like, a tour of Lower Manhattan looking for an empty building that Lifetime could And even, like, the very, very high-end hotels is, like, Christmas trees and poinsettias and, like, holly and greenery. Like, even even the, yeah, like, the high-end boutique hotels in the city, like, the Viceroy or even, like, the Soho House... Though even the ones that are like super modern, like the W, still at the very least have, like it follows a pattern that is not unfamiliar. And and I, there's this weird thing. So I, I don't know if her parents are dead or not. We only get the sister, right? And we just get that like they had a sad, poor Christmas one year. Yeah, like one year they were kind of poor. Is yeah. their story? But then like. Her background, which could have easily been, like, I like many of these movies have been, like, I don't create art anymore, or I don't finish my art anymore because, like, my parent dead was people. my biggest supporter and now they're dead. Her story is that this one time in college, a professor was, like, really mean to her. And now she doesn't finish, and now she's somehow a working artist with her own loft in New York City that doesn't finish any paintings anymore. Right. And she feels like she, every single character reaches self-actualization in this movie in the span of a, like, three-minute monologue. Yeah. I also didn't understand, like, you know, I mean, artists obviously can, like, bounce around and, like their niches and what materials they're working out of but she like everything in her studio is a painting and then like suddenly she's working on like a light production installation right like a light and video installation that has like it, it well and at one point she is standing in front of a canvas where a home video at multiple points actually where a home video of her she and her sister are is playing but she's holding a paint mixing tray and a paintbrush. So, like, are we supposed to believe that a part of this installation was originally also going to be her, like, painting the canvas in some way? And we're also, we're almost, you know, we're 15 minutes into this and we haven't yet mentioned the Christmas bulb, which bought. Oh, God, that was stupid. And honestly, like, how is that not a fire hazard? So she talks about how in the Christmas where she was poor, they couldn't afford a Christmas tree. So her dad made up this thing called the Christmas bulb, which is a a light bulb painted green 
that you put your hands on and then you make a wish. But first and foremost, light bulbs get hot. Right. And so, like, that paint is probably like at least somewhat flammable. Correct. Because it looks to be an oil-based paint. And we're supposed to believe that through her life since she was poor, she's carried this bulb with her. And we do learn later that her sister... So she breaks it in a fit of rage and... By throwing (laughs) clay at it. Like another, like, medium that we have no evidence (laughs) of her using. Using. So there's apparently a a potter's wheel somewhere nearby. But, um... And her sister essentially is like, there is no Christmas magic. The, The bulb is not magic. I broke it years ago and then gave you another one that I just repainted. And that supposedly like inspires her and then that's the kind of inciting incident that gets her to actually finish this installation i i none of i this is the kind of movie that i feel like if someone who had never experienced like an actual christmas movie like a good christmas movie was asked to write a movie where like two disparate people fall in love around Christmas time, like someone who doesn't understand actual like human Christmas emotion, this is what they would write. Well, I it's, mean, I would try to ask the writers that, but according to IMDb, they don't <laughs> exist. Correct. This is earlier in the podcast. I talked about the basement of sad writers where Lifetime keeps like that's how Lifetime's content continues to turn. This is like this is a cry for help. This is an SOS from a basement in Burbank. Like, please help us. We're dying here making these Christmas movies. We have nothing left to live for. Like, this one was intense and not in a good way. This one made me sad. This is like someone, someone wrote this and looked at it and went, I did a good job. What? Did they? Or... or did someone write this with a gun to their head? Mm. Honestly, who? Or like, in three this days. Go- this goes back to my theory of like, maybe Lifetime is just like trying to compete with Hallmark and make like way more movies in them. Right. And like, you know, that number became the goal as opposed to the movies. So we get some real doozies like this. Oh, okay. So I'm doing, I'm doing a little bit of digging and the production company that's listed in the lifetime description is a is a canadian production company of just three white guys and they only do hallmark and lifetime movies around um holidays but then like why isn't this better? I have no idea. And like they have some so they're they started in like the early 90s and they've got films with Ed Bagley Jr. um oh my gosh. Uh Melanie Griffith, Muriel Hemingway, Mia Kirshner from The L Word. Uh Natasha Henstridge, Felicia Day, Judd Nelson, Shannon Doherty. 
Oh my god! Like, how did they do this? Wait. So, Shannon Elizabeth. According to this random website, that's called bestmoviecast.com because it's uh-huh. the only place that I can find anything about this movie. Right. It says that Robin Dunn co-stars in this and then lists a couple of the other things that he's co-starred. But uh-huh. it says that he directed Magical Christmas Shoes. What? So, like, how do you go from directing... Like a good movie. To this. To then, yeah, being in this. I'm really, I'm really, I'm concerned that this movie is like trying to catfish us. That like, this isn't what it, what it says it is. I'm, this is a weird, this is a weird one. I I lifetime, please give us some context as to what's going on in this movie, because we're we're missing. There's like a missing piece in this. Whether it was like maybe she wasn't originally the leading lady, and they had to reshoot a ton of it. Also, in the scene where he bribes the cop, and yes, I'm going to pause and acknowledge that I just uttered the sentence. The scene when he bribed a cop in a lifetime movie, because he does, he bribes a cop. Did it did it feel to you as if it had been like shot at two completely different times and that he was on a green screen and the cop was not like the lighting was weird? Yeah, a couple of them felt like that. It is confirmed that Robin Dunn, who is the male lead in this movie, directed Magical Christmas Shoes. What else has he directed? Which just makes me want to really sit down with him and ask a lot of questions. Oh. He's directed something that's still in filming, a bun- couple episodes of TV shows. Real to- TV shows? Or like Canadian One is called shows. Gamer's Paradise. I don't know what that is. Okay. And one is called Sanctuary, which I've heard of, and I think he's also on. Okay. So that's like a real TV show. Um, I would, I would not be surprised if Lifetime pulls this movie like entirely from its its libraries. I this movie also was not available on demand on my parents' cable because I'm home for the holidays, and every other one we've watched has been. It's available. This one is not available on demand. I had to go to the Lifetime website and watch it on my laptop. I don't think Lifetime wants to claim this one. I'm just so... I mean, filming this must have been, like, torture for this guy who, like... Knows what he's doing. Yeah, and had just made, like, a good Christmas movie. I, I would be so fascinated to get any opportunity to like ask questions of one of these actors also this girl was on the vampire diaries like she's in a series of unfortunate events with neil patrick harris like she's been in real shit she's legit yeah like if anyone who has had any role on one of why is this so bad why is the description totally wrong like something is just not adding up here no and i 
the premise of the movie, like, a blocked artist has to, like, as a last-ditch attempt to kind of jog her creativity, takes a commercial decorating job to make money over the holidays, is a is a setup that is ripe for good content. They fumbled this so badly because we never really get to know or understand any of these characters. Like, we get a sad sob story about him being, like, the child of divorce and sad about his divorced parents. We get the insinuation that the... that. Hazel, the artist, is an orphan, and but but I, she has a sister. But she has a sister who's done well for herself, and, and it's never said that they're orphans. No, and also, if she believes so strongly in her sister and her sister's art, why is she not her sister's agent? There's also something weird and so that same website where I'm finding info on, it says Mm -hmm. A Christmas Miracle was filming under another title the whole time, likely Temporary Position, which was then said to be Hallmark on a casting page before filming. Lifetime's upcoming Christmas temp title later caused confusion. So this might not even be like the title it wanted it was going to be like this is i think this one slipped through the cracks like yeah i mean no, something nobody including the network that it aired on really seems to know what this movie is no and it's a little off-putting that they put this on air when there seems to be no accurate or complete information about it anywhere on the internet or off or on like the cable you know what I mean usually when they repeat this movie is also not repeating because I thought like oh well I'll just DVR it and then watch it but I couldn't find it in the guide like it wasn't airing again in the near future for me to record it which is odd because usually that's just how Lifetime works for the first like 72 hours these movies after these movies premiere they repeat them over and over again it's I think, yeah this is really strange I think this is filler content that just got kind of pushed through without any oversight also the entirety of this one has been uploaded to YouTube which is the first time I've ever seen that oh really and they haven't yeah. pulled it down yet uh-uh. I wonder if this is a film that they licensed from this Canadian production company for like the day <laughs> to air for one airing and then digital and that's it i wonder if like it was so the casting was listed under hallmark like what if hallmark saw this and was like no we can't air this <laughs> and then lifetime just took it that um, what you're essentially describing is turnaround so this may have entered like turnaround like i guess hallmark could have paid to have it produced or like paid to have it spec produced or like have a few scenes produced declined it in turnaround and then lifetime picked up the rights to it and they either completed it 
or licensed it for like a single airing in digital and then it will die and never appear again. They just needed the content. I mean, it's just even like the billionaire hotel owner, like, doesn't know what he wants. Like, the directions that he gives are awful. He's like, I don't pay you to think, I pay you to feel. And that's the only feedback she gets. And like, I've never seen any like artist or interior designer like take their client out on like, I guess, inspiration finding date missions. Including ice skating, a like jaunt through some sort of like Christmas market. The also they they also try to make his assistant come across as a villain at one point, but that's not set up in any way, shape, or form. Like Oh yeah, like suddenly they make it seem like the assistant is kind of interested in him and like right. trying to push her out. Yes. And it's I I kept I honest to God kept thinking that at one point this movie was going to flip around and reveal itself to be something completely different because it couldn't be this bad but it was it it never it is not self-aware it's not funny the everything that i found amusing my guess was either unintentional or like so the art critic comes to the grand opening we find out that an, that an art critic is coming to the grand opening and he's this big deal which she keeps saying she researched like his him but like wouldn't you just read his criticism well yeah i mean also like you're decorating a hotel lobby like why does the opinion of an art critic like matter for the opening of the hotel right it would make more sense if they were like, oh, well, we got the top hotel critic from the New York Times or from, you know, you know, publications. I don't. I yeah, like, it's not like, you know, Condé Nast Traveler is coming to the opening. Right. This is like somebody that reviews museum exhibits and like his opinion is going to depend on whether or not both of these main characters like have done their jobs successfully. It makes no sense. Yeah, they also... Um, they talk about the fact that, um, he is the head curator of, like, a contemporary art museum in Paris, I think. It's gotta be, I think it was Paris. And, but then he's fully an art critic. Like, it shifts from him being, again, it's as if no one was on set. Like, there was no script supervisor who was watching the continuity. Yeah, like, like those jobs are not interchangeable things. Like, no. you have to have, like, a PhD in curation specifically. Yeah, there's no... And we're supposed to believe that she knows him implicitly and, like, has no... Like, knows exactly who he is when they start mentioning him. There's just... Oh, man, this one boggled me in a way that like Christmas stars made me angry. Like that movie filled me with a level of rage that I still am concerned. Like I damaged heart muscle because of the rage that that movie caused me. And like Christmas nine to five was really stupid, but it had a through line and it had an arc that made sense. And so did Christmas stars. This one is as if they took like four scripts for four different movies and we're like just go with it just read it and don't worry about it and we're gonna film it and then we're gonna put it on the television 
Like, there's no rhyme or reason to it. Yeah, it's like, I don't know if they did too much or, like, not enough. Like, is this just, like, a script that wasn't finished? Or was it, Or, like, like you said, is it, like, four scripts sort of turned into a Frankenstein Christmas movie? Oh, my God. That's what this is. This is a very Frankenstein Christmas. This is, this is four storylines with five different inciting incidents and, you know, I just, I don't even think the five scripts that they mashed together were ever done. It was like, we have these five partial scripts laying around. Maybe if we put them all together, they will equal one movie. And it And then, work. like, at the end, when the art critic likes her decor, which is literally just a Christmas tree with her, like, projecting her own family's home movies on it. Correct. Um, he's like, you are my protege now. Yeah. Like, but she's a, you're an art critic and she's an artist. Right. Like, so, you're not, and you're not a working artist. Right. So what is, what is his, what is she going to do as his protege? Like, and also, right. that's not how the, like, the art world doesn't work where a curator can say to someone who has no curatorial degree or experience or desire and, like, pull them under their wing. Same with, like, an art critic. You don't take an artist and say, I'm going to turn you into an art critic. Like, what is, what is this? Does this movie assume that the audience is stupid? Or does this movie really not know, like, does it, does this movie not know what it's doing that badly? It doesn't know what it's doing. This movie, I don't think, has gotten far enough to even really consider their audience. Like, the last big, like, issue in the end is that the power and that somebody spills a drink on an extension cord. Right. And that somehow cuts off the power to the entire effing building. Yes. And then they can't get into the electrical closet because she they didn't the dumb pick assistant. up the new keys yeah. from I can't. From the locksmith yet. And then it goes so far as to he is running around on the streets of Manhattan. Yeah, trying to find a power source and ends up taking a generator from what looked to be like Con Ed workers. Right. It's just. But getting the <laughs> generator from the Con Ed workers requires bribing a cop. So at one point, she takes him to a like Christmas fair and tries to convince him to be spontaneous. So he pulls down. It's not even a fair. It's like a street corner. Oh with my God. Some, like a busker decorations. And there's even a section that just says sleds and it's like wooden sleds. Yeah. It, it, it makes no sense again in New York, in Manhattan. And so she convinces him to pull a wreath off a, a window display and try to hula hoop with it. And almost immediately, a cop appears and, like, gets angry at him for this. So he, like, jokingly kind of placates the cop and puts the the wreath back. And then in the scene where he's trying to get the generator from the Con Ed guys, he bribes the same cop who is there again to let him take the generator and bring it back in an hour which he doesn't do or that you know we don't I this one 
he bribes a cop. This one of the like funny moments in this movie is supposed to be him bribing a cop. Yeah, and it happens to be the same cop from it's just I can't. <sighs> this one there were a lot of things wrong with this one, but I feel like at this point in in this extravaganza i don't have the energy to be angry at it it just makes me sad like i'm just sad that this is on television i'm like i'm hurt that lifetime did this to us when we've been such good foot soldiers and watched 28 of their films and then they give us this do they not respect us as an audience i mean it just points to like a quantity over quality issue yeah i uh, well we have three left we have christmas love letter christmas hotel and a date by christmas and i i'm my soul is starting to deplenish from my body i have already watched one of those and i will say it's an improvement Okay, that that makes me a little bit more hopeful because like it, it feels like it was made like on purpose, <laughs> and there's like some continuity <laughs> of story in it. Like uh, this movie, don't watch this one, guys. Like we're being this honest with you. This movie feels like like a high school film department decided they were going <laughs> to make their own Christmas movie. That's exactly what it is. It's like if a group of high schoolers were like, we're going to make a really deep Christmas movie, this is what they would come up with. This is the level of maturity and like depth of story and character we get from those who are between the ages of 13 and 17. Yeah, it's like that Will Ferrell sketch from SNL that got cut for time where he's the drama teacher and is like being melodramatic about posting the cast list. Yes. That's... There's, a, there's a senior girl who's going to be very disappointed with this movie. Right, because she didn't get the lead character and instead she had to be a background actor. There's literally just... only five roles in this movie. That's... Yeah, I didn't really, it, I was like, I sat down to watch this movie and I was like, I was watching it, like I wasn't doing anything else, I wasn't like distracted by it, I wasn't like cleaning or like putting away laundry or something like I sometimes do when we do these, and I still finished it and like felt like I wasn't paying attention. Exactly. It's as if. This movie makes you feel lost even when you're giving it your full attention. And and like she's not a temp. No, like it's this a job. isn't a permanent position to begin with. This 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 movie makes no sense. The title makes no sense. I think I think this is the wrong movie. I think Lifetime put the wrong movie under this title. Like I, I, Lifetime, please, if, if something genuinely happened here, let us know, because this one feels not just like a swing and a miss, it's like you tried to bunt and you missed, like you didn't even go for it. This movie feels like somebody stepped up to play it, decided the bat was too heavy and just put it down and walked away. (laughs) <laughs> they looked at the bat or the pitcher 
And we're like, you know what? No, thank you. They were just like, I don't feel like doing this anymore. And just like politely like put the bat down on the ground and left. Yeah. Well, okay. Don't, don't watch this one, guys. I, I, I can't no. stress that enough. Just I feel save. bad that towards the end there are more like do not watch. But I mean, there's really nothing we can do about that. This yeah. one was just really, I just, like, don't watch Cats and don't see this movie. Yeah. Especially not, like, this isn't even fun where, like, you could make up, a, like, a drinking game to it, like some of the other ones, and then you'd just be, like, shit-canned by minute 25, and then it would be fun. This, just don't do it. Skip it. I don't even, unless you have a login where you can get on my lifetime like you can't watch this on your cable like anymore it's not on demand so just pretend it didn't exist and move on i like the lifetime is like like there's a conspiracy to hide this movie and i want to know the story if anybody has any like any sort of insider information about this movie that will like make sense of it all please tell us yeah Please, please, please fill us in. Like, we will do a special episode around this. Like, I almost want to reach out to some of, like, the other movie writers that have, like, tweeted at us and stuff and just see if what they know. And see if they can Like, I want, I want to get to the bottom of this. Okay, internet, help us get to the bottom of the Christmas temp mystery. Hashtag Christmas temp mystery. And <laughs> hopefully, maybe by this time next year, we'll have some answers. But... Until then, please be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to our fair podcast on your podcast app of choice. We only have three more movies after this one, and then it's Christmas. And so far, we haven't ended up in a candy cane straight jacket in a marshmallow padded room. Uh, but we're we're close. Yep, and follow us on at Binging Xmas. We are on Twitter and Facebook, so you can hear all about when our new episodes drop. And... Um yeah, that's it. Don't watch this movie and have a jingly day. <laughs>